Welcome to Speaking of Strong Style, where we discuss the news, issues, and events surrounding New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm Stephen Conway. With me, as always, Jeremy Finestone. We are going to be talking over uh, a lot of things, uh, the shows going on uh, this coming week, Road to Wrestling Dantaku, uh, look ahead to that show. We're going to be talking about, of course, the IWGP women's title match that uh, took place at uh, All-Star uh, Dream Queendom, uh, part of the big stardom show, but the IWGP women's title was on the line there. So uh, as always, Jeremy, plenty to talk about, plenty to think about. And uh, how was your week? Did you enjoy what you saw? Man, it has been a crazy week over here. Managed to catch most everything that I needed to catch. Uh, <laughs> it felt like there wasn't a whole lot going on with New Japan, but at the same time, the conveyor belt just kept turning, and there's just more information and matches to process. So uh, not the busiest week, but I definitely felt engaged with the product all throughout the week. I agree. And uh, hello, Colin, by the way. Thanks for watching, for the folks Colin, watching live hi. right there. Hello, everyone. And just wanted to, to mention there, we're fight, we're contributors to the Fight Game Media Network, so make sure you check us out there on the on the uh, YouTube feed, the podcast feed, everything else. But uh, we're also going to be releasing this as a podcast on the feed a little bit later tonight. So if you get a chance, download it, give us five-star review, give us a, you know, all that stuff helps people find the show. We very much appreciate that. So that'll be up a little bit later here tonight. But while we're here live on the YouTubes, let's talk about uh, some of the things we've seen the past week. I suppose, Jeremy, the biggest news coming out of the past seven days would be the combination of that all-star dream queendom show with the news that Mercedes Monet has extended her deal with Bushy Road. So not long before that show, she uh, did sign on to do more dates and uh, she mentioned what her next one's going to be after that tournament. And we're going to get to all that, but we discussed this over the past few weeks. We talked about how, Certain developments in WWE, maybe the return of Vince McMahon to a hands-on creative role was going to drive Monet a little bit more toward perhaps staying in Japan. Uh, <laughs> but uh, be, just because, I mean, Vince was the, the person she walked out on, to be honest. Well, and Johnny Ace, you know, the, those two. But uh, when she and Trinity uh, Fatu uh, laid down those tag team titles and walked out, it was because they were unhappy with the creative direction they were seeing from Vince McMahon, who was right. absolutely in charge. It looks like he's back in charge as much as maybe is maybe almost as much as ever now with some of the ridiculous stuff we've uh, had to stomach the last couple of days with a third world title and a useless brand split in a draft no one cares about. Uh, you know, but now it looks like <clears throat> that did indeed come to fruition that Mercedes decided staying with Bushy Road, New Japan and Stardom is the way to go. I'm relieved from a selfish standpoint because I want to see all these things. And I did watch the entire all-star dream queendom show this past week. It's one of my favorite shows of the year. Mm -hmm. It's up there with night one of WrestleMania and wrestle kingdom. It's on that level. This was a fantastic night of wrestling. And once again, we saw that Monet is absolutely on the level of these women who are the best in the world of what they do. Oh, they, she's top that, level shit right there. I mean, you saw the Mercedes Monet match. You also saw the main event of Julia yes. and Tam Nakano. I watched the whole thing. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what you thought about Monet and Iwatani. Of course, 
uh, Mai Iwatani defeated Mercedes Monet for the IWGP women's title. So now the all time stardom icon is the IWGP women's champion. And uh, she won that in front of a crowd of 5,538 is it's listed to give you an idea. Dream queendom at the end of December drew about 3,300 to sumo hall and was considered a, a terrific success. And each year that show gets a little bit bigger. Well, they went from 3,300 to 5,500. So the interest in this show was huge. And uh, Yokohama Marine is a big building, but they put, uh, you know, 5,500 paid in it. Uh, and talk to us about it, a 13-minute match and very beautifully worked. And uh, talk to me about how you felt watching Iwatani and Monet. Okay, so we talked about it a little bit, and you talked about it on uh, Scott Edwards' Five Star Joshi show. The build to this was eerily similar to uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks at the NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn many, many years ago. That was the build. Now, when you got to the actual match, there was really no underdog story uh, from Iwatani. She she actually, in a lot of ways, handed Mercedes Monet her ass in that match. There was there was a there was a lot of oh no, you have you have pissed me off, and I am going to show you what I am all about. Which is, I don't think the narrative that people were expecting. Uh, they were expecting big time Mercedes Monet to, you know, take her take her to the woodshed. But you know, the the narrative conventionally when this build is the underdog comes and, and does it. This was not the case. By the time this match was over, or we were getting to the end, it was abundantly clear that uh, Mercedes was barely hanging on in this match. Uh, Storyline-wise, work rate, let me be clear, this was a fantastically worked match, but the story of it was uh, Iwatani had her and took her down. After trying to give her a finisher one time and Mercedes kicked out, she systematically dismantled her with a pile driver, a kick to the face, I believe a moonsault, and then her finisher one more time for good measure. And it was... It was a pretty spectacular finish. And I got to give credit to that uh, music of Iwatani. So <laughs> you get the pan and she's laying there. And she's got her, she's like the one, two, three. And you can hear the whispers of the chords, but it's not until like the beat drops and all of a sudden you got this like just huge salvatory baby face music and just the whole, the whole presentation, man, with uh, Rossi Ogawa presenting the belt afterwards, just, you know, we, we talk about big-time IWGP matches and presentations and, and wins, and this was among that level of presentation and win. And for someone that's not all that familiar with stardom, but knowing that they have to watch stardom for the education of this product, and I kind of approach it that way, that I'm the, the newbie eyes to it for, for the viewers. Uh, this is something you get a chance to see. You should go watch it was a terrific night, and uh, top to bottom, it was fantastic. Uh, Daza Wadsworth, uh, watching here, has a question: Is this is an, is this an exclusive deal? At this point, yeah, but I have to say that Bushy Road is more liberal with their loan out policies, and what I mean by that is. Uh, we're going to get to it. We're going to be seeing uh, some uh, work with All Japan and NOAA beyond just the All Together show. Mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be a couple other things going on there where you'll see New Japan talent, Bushy Road talent at uh, other shows. And I get the idea that if Monet really, really wanted to work something with uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro, which has been discussed, 
maybe even Sendai Girls, who knows, uh, that Bushi Road is open to that idea. Remember, Shingo Takagi uh, wrestled for Dragon's Gate at the end of the year there. So uh, she's not, uh, uh, they're not opposed to things like that necessarily, especially if it's a huge star like Monet yeah. and it keeps her happy, you know. So I'm she hoping that there's me as an A plus star that will that will unify factions and pro promotions yeah. that don't necessarily see eye to eye for a greater good just by and having they, her on the card. And they have people like like you, uh, one half of the team uh, Seven Up, uh, the uh, former goddess of Stardom Tag Team Champion. She works for many different promotions, including Stardom. Uh, we just saw. Uh, uh, Hashimoto, uh, who wrestled uh, Julia in a fight. I don't even want to call it a wrestling match. That was a fight. These two uh, beat the living hell out of each other. Oh, uh, she's Sendai girl. So uh, Bushy Road is a little more liberal about those kinds of things. So again, the, the reason why, for selfish reasons, I'm happy that Manet extended her contract is because I feel like we're going to be seeing a little bit more of this. We're going to maybe see some people you don't always see over there. And Colin mentions the whole thing where, <laughs> yes, where Rossi Ogawa presented the belt, the IWGP title, and Mayu has this wonderful kind of clumsy uh, affectations. It's all put on. Believe me, if you watch, this woman has insane body control. Like she, But she's brilliant at looking like she doesn't. And, uh, you know, she bowed down to accept her belt and clocked her in the head, herself in the head with it. She bowed into the belt and like, boom, and sold it for a second. But uh, that's very Mayu right there. She loves it. I, I keep going back to Jeremy during the pandemic was still going on and stardom had a different approach than New Japan did. New Japan set up all the seats on the floor, but only filled every other one. And they would tape off the the uh the other so you would have you know maybe seat one seat three and seat five with a person in it seat two four and six would have a piece of tape stardom removed the empty spots there were just no chairs there so there was this empty space and almost every night uh iwatani would get knocked off the apron and she would go flying and stumble through the empty chairs like into those spaces <laughs> and so all these people are sitting there in the first second and third row and all of a sudden mayu comes flying by and the the kick of it it was she did it every night and never touched a human being, but always looked like she was flying out of control. Like she's literally a human lawn dart into the lawn chair. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, know, you ever know, you ever notice every unicycle act looks like they're about to crash and they never do. It's yeah. because they're really, really good at riding a unicycle and, and know exactly what they're doing. And, and my use the same way. So she does these things where she makes herself look clumsy and it's ridiculously endearing. And uh, it works for her, but the, make no mistake, that woman has body control about as good as anybody in the business. I have terrible control over my center of gravity, so I'm 100% <laughs> in awe of anyone who can rock that thing to the A-plus degree. <laughs> yeah, and so now she's our IWGP Women's Champion, so we're going to be seeing her on uh, a little bit of... Uh, maybe some more New Japan shows, and that's wonderful news. And mm -hmm. uh, Monet is still around, so there's ways to, to work this in. So uh, just want to mention for stardom right there, I mentioned 5,500 there in Yokohama. After 3,300 at Dream Queendom, this show in Yokohama was one week after drawing 1,000 people to Yoyogi for the Cinderella Tournament Finals. This is a promotion that before the pandemic was running in, uh, was it Shinkaba First Ring, which holds couple hundred at the most mm -hmm. like packed out is a couple hundred the growth of stardom 
has just been tremendous over the last few years. And they just took some serious body blows with the whole thing with Hanakamura and a couple and Kagetsu and other people leaving the promotion. And uh, to, to come back as strong as they have is really impressive. And it's a testimony to the quality of athlete they have in that group. It was on display at Dream uh, at uh, All-Star Grand Queendom. And like you said, anybody that gets a chance to see this show, take it. Uh, Stardom World is not the easiest interface in the world. Uh, New Japan no, World no, is, is a lot better. <laughs> it's worth the time. In a couple of days, it's Tuesday now, probably Thursday or Friday, uh, they will put that on their streaming service. It's exclusive to pay-per-view for a few days there. And then later on in the week, usually if four or five days later, it drops on there. Uh, worth the time. I mean, go back and check it out. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if you didn't end up buying the next pay-per-view because I'm hooked on the stuff. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. I saw a move in the main event, and I don't think I've ever seen this move done before. The main event Have was Tam Nakano seen... and Julia for the World yes, of Stardom. the Tam Nakano-Julia match. I'm sorry, I probably should clarify that. Have you ever seen a snapmare off the top rope to throw <laughs> somebody into a table ass first. No, I have not. And I don't, I'm, it, I'm not sure looked, I want to see it again. It scared the hell out of me. It looked amazing and terrifying at the yeah. same time. So it's worth mentioning, no champions retain their titles on this show in, oh, in title yeah. matches. There were champions that didn't put their title on the line that came out of it. Uh, and Colin is telling us the pay-per-view archive ends tomorrow. Okay, there you go. So yeah. by Thursday, you should be able to see it. Flaming Shark says All-Star Grand Queendom was fabulous. Stardom's really popping off, and the glow-up for them has been insane. Let me put that comment up there, Shark. So and, are uh, you saying that yes. Stardom have properly evaluated belts that they've introduced and don't just throw things out there willy-nilly uh, and expect <laughs> you to care about them? What, what, what a strange random comment to make in this day I was and just age. wondering. It just seems like there's value to these titles. And when they need to start the deck and queer, queer it all out, they have a plan. And yeah. uh, they, they, they go by that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. A couple more comments here I do want to go through. Flaming Shark agrees with us. That was nuts. One of the scariest table bumps he's ever seen. Yeah, that... Yeah, uh, I'm glad it worked out. Let's put it that way. It, Tam Nakano does the whole... Uh, pop idol gimmick and it's a uh, cosmic angels uh you know they come out and they dance and they, they she and natsupoi her tag team partner have an album out now sure. uh, cd you can buy it and i believe she was in a pop star academy like one of those factories that churns out boy groups and girl groups j-pop groups i believe she was in that before uh wrestling yeah don't quote me on that but i i think that's true and so... uh she comes off you know, the kawaii of the cosmos. Kawaii is a Japanese right. word kind of for cute. For, for the, It doesn't translate perfectly, but it, the, that whole kind of adorable thing. And she is. And the thing is, though, she will punch you in the damn mouth and you can hit her back just as hard. And she just keeps firing back. Like, there were some of the stiffest shots you're going to see in that Julia Tam match. I mean, it was the real thing. So her first post-match feud is... Stardom version of Mickey James and Trish Stratus in WWE. Well, I mean, you know, the, the, but no, I mean, like there's somebody that really just wants to be her and, oh, uh, yeah. You, you yeah. know, and, and so the, there's the impersonation. Who, who's the wrestler that is trying to be her? Oh, I really wish you hadn't just asked me that. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it's not a regular stardom wrestler. It's not a regular. It's not a regular stardom. It's not a stardom regular. So I, I, I don't know the name off the top of my head. Brad Reader's here. He says uh, hello. Uh, and yeah, it. So I, I'm sorry. I don't know. But yes, it no, is basically somebody that's doing a Tam Nakano gimmick, and they're going to wrestle each other right there. So it's a. It'll be a mirror image. I caught. I caught bits and pieces of it from uh, Scott Edwards talking about it on uh, on his Twitter, and yeah. it there was like. He was explaining it, and it looked very, very convoluted. He was explaining it. <laughs> so I was reading it, and it was just like, so this feud is Mickey wants to be Trish. And he's like, that's exactly it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Daza Wilder said, never seen a backslide finish like the one in the trios title match. Yeah, there. It was a total reset, and that's worth mentioning there. Uh, the uh, no no champions that put the title on the line retained it. So new uh, trios champs, new tag champs. Uh, that's the new eras, Mirai and Amisore. So they took advantage of this opportunity, this big crowd, and this extra attention that this show is getting, and really decided to. Uh, push a few things. Tam Nakano won her first. I was really surprised. That was the first time she'd won that red belt, the world of stardom title. Uh, so she defeated Julia. And that is a feud that's been going on for years and years and was built beautifully, and, including even some blood and hair being chopped off and things. It was, And, and the, the match lived up to all that. You had Mina Shirakawa coming back from injury to defeat uh, Sayakamatani. Sayakamatani overcoming her fear of doing the Phoenix Splash after she injured Mina with it in their first match. She did it, uh, but didn't quite get the pin and ended up that. So we have new tag champs, new trios champs, and that and that's a whole thing too because Cosmic Angels had some people leave. The Club Venus broke away. It really does feel like a whole new beginning with now the all-time icon as the IWGP champion. Another person that's Scott Edwards has mentioned that Nakano is kind of like their Tetsuya Naito. She's somebody that you can always put in there and the people will be into it. You know, she's mm -hmm. an automatic, uh, automatic uh, crowd heat magnet there because uh, people love her. And now she's the, she has the red belt and, and there are going to be people coming after that. So a lot of exciting things going on there. And by keeping Monet, but putting the belt on Mayu, you still have that rematch. Right? That title will almost certainly be defended at Dominion. Uh, then there will be other shows to come. You can have Monet going after meeting up with other wrestlers in just special matches. Mm -hmm. Now that title is over because it's on Star's as big as Kyrie, Mercedes Monet, Mayu Iwatani, that belt hasn't been around a long Prestige. time, Jeremy, but three of the biggest women's stars in the business have held it. Yeah, and I mean, I'm very curious about just how many women's matches are going to be on Forbidden Door 2 this year as mm. well. Uh, who's Mayu Iwatani going to wrestle? If you have an IWGP title, you have to expect that she's going to be there. Yeah. Um, you know, with everything that's changing with uh, Monet, could she... Could she have a similar Mockley deal where she can work New Japan Pro Wrestling and maybe AEW at the same time? Uh, now that the dust is starting to settle on where the where the wrestling world is at and and what these companies are going to be, um, Mercedes can do the one more match contract extension for as long as she as long sure. as she likes, mm -hmm. but there is going to come a point where that's no longer going to be 
the optimal decision for her. And I wonder, is it going to be the summertime? So yeah. uh, I think that there's at least a half a dozen more matches that they could get out of oh. her at stardom, including everyone that was in the main event, a rematch with Mayu Iwatani at one point. Uh, we could do that. You could do, you know, the Julia match, Mercedes Monet. You could do Tam Nakano and Mercedes Monet. Do you, I mean, Mercedes Monet and Tam Nakano for that belt would hmm. be a hell of a match uh, later on this summer. And you could do that anywhere in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's made now. And uh, Monet doesn't need that IWGP title. The IWGP title needed her more than it needed anything else. That's mission accomplished. So that everything's established. There's a lot of exciting stuff. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of these stars on new Japan shows too. And of course, uh, hopefully some of that stuff in the U S so uh, Brad reader, my daughter loved watching her first full start on pay-per-view. I might mention this. We've talked many times about past boom periods for women's wrestling, Joshi pro wrestling in Japan. There was one in the late seventies when it was kind of established. There was a tag team called the beauty pair that was uh, um, where monster stars had hit singles on the radio and were big deals. Then there was the crush gals, Chigusa Nagayo and Linus Asuka, some of the most influential uh, wrestlers in the entire women's wrestling industry. Those two uh, jumping bomb angels came from that era. The, and then that was one. And then you had another one in the mid nineties with Manami Toyota and Akira Okuro and Bull Nakano and Aja Kong. And I'm leaving that. That was more of a group effort than any one team that just gets over like gangbusters, the way the beauty mm -hmm. pair did the way uh, the angels and, and crush gals did. That was just like the entire business was on fire. The women's wrestling in the mid nineties, the crowds are very different. I, and I, this, Reminds me of a Brad saying that his daughter loved watching. I'm happy to hear that because I have even heard people on backstage comments on New Japan shows joke about how all the guys are going to watch stardom and all the girls are coming to New Japan now. So like back then, it was teenage girls screaming, and the crowd sounded different, Jeremy. When you go back on YouTube and watch this, it sounds like a a boy band concert or, or a, you know, black pink or something like that, where it's just girls screaming, pop, because, something like that. Yeah. Because the crowd is just heavy teenage girls that were watching all Japan women. Mm -hmm. Stardom has more of a pro wrestling fan crowd and it's a lot of guys. And I'm sure the, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the looks of these women doesn't hurt, but that was true in the nineties too. And it was girls that were going, but it's, it's mostly guys. It's more of a pro wrestling crowd a, a respectful pop, pro wrestling crowd. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then a pop idol crowd. And yet uh, you actually kind of sometimes and I've looked at the crowd a little bit. And now that fewer people are wearing masks, I can see a little bit better. And, it, you know, it's it's a lot of a lot more women sometimes at New Japan shows than at stardom shows. So it seems like that's kind of flipped the script. But I'm happy to hear that your daughter liked it because uh, I, I think they're wonderful role models, too. So and then uh, Daza Wadsworth's one of the most emotional shows I've ever watched from Himika. Tamina to Tam, yeah, Himika uh, retiring uh, at the age of 25, a really good uh, wrestler, but uh, yeah, apparently I found out during the show from the English commentary, lost her father not too long ago, maybe wants to get off the road there, and uh, she, she wrestled her longtime tag team partner, uh, Micah, in a very emotional and, and terrific match. Uh, it was uh, draining, it was draining feel, feelings-wise, very true. And There uh, it is, I had it. <laughs> Noah Ishi Nao Ishikawa. Thank that you, is the Colin. name of the fake Diesel, fake Kane, fake Tam Nakano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. So we have we have a Tam Nakano versus Tam Nakano. Uh, Thank you, Colin Matthew. You have you have come through in the clutch.
And the other thing I was very happy to hear about, we're going to mention this real quick, and then we'll start getting into this Dontaku stuff. So we do want to talk about New Japan on the New yes. Japan show. IWGP, though. IWGP. IWGP. No, no, no. This is all big, big deal stuff because Monet will be at uh, Resurgence, a New Japan show, May 21st in Long Beach, California. Of course, she's very familiar with that. Her cousin Snoop Dogg, that's his hood. Uh, the Long Beach My hood too. Pyramid. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? That's absolutely right. So she signed the extension, of course, and she's going to that's going to be her next appearance is that Long Beach uh, show there. And everything I've heard, too, Jeremy, uh, I heard this mostly from uh, I'll credit the observer here. Uh, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez talking about Monet backstage at Stardom has done the opposite of big timing. Everyone apparently the Stardom locker room is really impressed that she has just blended in rather than big time to anyone. A lot of people have come into Japan from the United States thinking, look, aren't you people lucky to have me here? None of that from Monet. Uh, everyone seems to like her. She seems to be respectful and really happy to be a part of she stardom like instead of above it. loved it after that match. Yeah. When she was out in the uh, that open area in the, in the audience, just kind of waving. Like That felt like a bucket list moment for her. And she was soaking it all in. So, I mean, uh, I didn't think that she would... That, I didn't think she would big time it. I, that was not. So I'm not surprised to hear that she just blended in and, and gets along with everybody. Uh, her personality that I've seen is a, a pretty gracious person. Uh, somebody that well, uh, wants to be part of the group and, and, and understands that this is a big deal and knows wrestling history. And like I've said, in, in all the best ways, she's a wrestling nerd. She, and uh, coming out also, in the Eddie Guerrero inspired, the black tiger outfit too. Ooh. I mean, you know, that's, you know, Eddie is her favorite wrestler of all time. He was the second Black Tiger. And, and if you're not uh, sure, that's our slate for today, too. It's the, uh, the Black Tiger Mercedes yeah. Monet walkout. Yeah, all these things, it's just a, a matter of, uh, it's nice to hear that she's just fitting in so well and that she's happy, they're happy, the business is booming. This is everything we were hoping this was going to be when she signed in the first place. She, she had the perfect opportunity I mean, dude, she she's been in the Mandalorian. She had all the she had a number of high hallway. No, hear me out here. She had a oh, number of high opportunities in which she's the low person on the totem pole. She has been in positions where she is not the the shit, where she is not the, the star of the show, and she is just one of the people making this product. You know, on the Mandalorian, half the people don't even know who she is, but the people who don't who do know who she is, like, oh, wow, it's Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, Mercedes Marnado. Great. But the but the art of it is she's been professional on set and she knows how to compose herself on a big production outside of the WWE where everything can potentially be asked backwards from everywhere else. And she knew how to go in there and act like an adult and respectful of the production that is getting by just fine without her and will get by just fine in the future without her, but while she's here now, they're going to get by even better. We're going to mention a couple other comments here. Obviously the cool references to her own favorites in wrestling history, but appearance wise alone, it looked amazing. Yeah. Really cool gear. She really did. And uh, the, uh, that was the best Mercedes Sasha attire ever from flaming shark. It looks so good. Yeah, it did. And uh, Colin asks a good question here, Jeremy, uh, who do you think she faces at resurgence? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? And there really hasn't been any indication. It's uh, too early to go back for a rematch and that's not the place to do it. Uh, that could be something at uh, Dominion, could be something at a future pay-per-view for stardom. So I wouldn't expect another Mayu match. Now, 
well, you can take a look at some of the people that came out of the show looking really strong. And, you know, you know, you had my Sakurai won the uh, rumble there. She's been kind of on a roll, but she's kind of a heel and Mercedes character is a bit of a heel. So I don't know about that. Micah came out with a singles win over Himika. It might not be a bad move. Uh, Shuri. I mean, Shuri against anybody is probably a good idea. So uh, Shuri won her big single special singles match. So any of those are possibilities. Uh, I certainly wouldn't mind anything with, uh, you know, geez, Hazuki or Azumi again. I mean, I know they just did that in the three-way match, but a one-on-one. So just off the top of my head, somebody that came out of that show looking strong, I would think. And, uh, you know, that. And Eric Collin just thinks, do you think they might bring in Mayu Yamashita? Uh, to face her, I'd be in for that. Maybe they have something special planned, but you, you got, know, it's y'all. Y'all have a, a lot of stardom related ideas, and I never really thought about a stardom match because I didn't, I didn't necessarily think it was going to be big enough to uh, put a stardom match on there. I kind of thought Mickey James, maybe. I mean, uh, you know, just and, and Shark makes a very good point here. Uh, this it, it could literally be anyone. He's right. This could be a good spot for New Japan to pull in a non-stardom girl that she wants to wrestle. It's a bounce-back win for Mercedes. That's a great point. I, she's yeah. almost certainly going to win this, so you got to think real hard yeah, about who you so, put her in with like, because that person's going to do a job. I I, I was honestly uh, I was leaning towards impact kind okay. of talent. You know what I mean? Like somewhere, something in that impact, maybe lower-level AEW, just kind of get the ball rolling on forbidden door kind of thing that that was something in that kind of spear because it's still in a new japan ring Mm -hmm. and if you want to tease that mercedes monet is somehow going to be involved in aew like with all the talk around aew you kind of want to get the ball rolling now so if it's aew we're gonna start hearing that soon i kind of think more impact talent but i i honestly have no idea this is like this is the crossroads for her where they can decide like do you want to keep it going strong with like top contenders or do you want to like slow it down a little bit? She's gonna be doing this for a while, but let's have a match that people want to see, but it's not not top five match of hers that we want to see right now. Well, thankfully, we have one of the best uh, Joshi guys in the country right here uh, watching us, and he has chimed in, thankfully. Scott Edwards, five-star Joshi show on the Fight Game Media Network, and anywhere else you want to know about Joshi, uh, it's no coincidence that Scott appears in a lot of different shows for a lot of different people. He's one of the people that uh, knows the most about this gig. So, uh, yeah, well, confidently saying Mayu match will happen again, just not till later this year. He expects a non-stardom for a resurgence. And he says, Yamashita is very possible. It's uh, Tokyo Joshi pro and stardom that have the problems, not NJPW. We saw that with the impact show. And uh, could they run an Okada Monet tag match since they teased at the last U S show? Now that would be worth pay- paying right. to see, wouldn't it? I, that was not a bad idea to do a mixed tag there. I'd watch that. That uh, Jordan Grace is uh, mentioned by Daza Wogsworth. That is also <laughs> that's somewhere on there. Like Deanna Perrazzo, now that Diano has the Impact Knockout title, I kind of ruled her out because they probably want to protect her. But she was an ideal candidate, along with Mickey James, who's one of those top tier women. Uh, Maybe Masha. I want to see Jordan. I don't want to see Jordan Grace versus uh, Mercedes Monet. I, I 100 want to see that match. Masha Slamovich. I'm not sure. I do. I'm no, not sure no. Masha's there yet. 
Okay, fair enough. It could be, it could and, be messy, uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I... <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a good point messy. too. Uh, Flaming Shark. They could do uh, Okada and Monet at Historic Crossover too, if she's still around by then. Uh, it could be a U.S. match with the San Jose Show uh, tease. Yeah, that's uh, there's all kinds of. The best part about this, all kinds of uh, possibilities. So we will, of course, be covering any announcements that are made here on this show, and we'll make sure you know. And, uh, yeah, that, so we're leaning this right now as a, our consensus, I think, is that we're leaning toward a non-stardom wrestler, uh, maybe someone from uh, one of the companies here in the U.S. That were, <coughs> excuse me, that works with New Japan. So I guess uh, I guess the way we could wrap it up is right now when it comes to Mercedes Monet, we are living in the brightest timeline, my friend, and let's enjoy it while we can. <laughs> Indeed. So let's talk about uh, the road to Dantaku. By gosh, we got some uh, New Japan stuff to go over, and there was only one show on uh, NJPW World. <clears throat> And that is, uh, I have to choke at least once a show. Take <laughs> uh, <laughs> a glass of water. I'll take this. I'm out. telling you. Okay. So I think I'm all right. Okay. They were in Osaka. That was the show they put up on the network. Now, this was not the most newsworthy show. It was a well-wrestled set of preview tags. I feel like it's worth going over just because this show is pretty representative of what we've seen in the house show circuit in the road to Dantaku. So you're, we're not going to just break this whole thing down. It's not a very newsworthy show the way we do, the way we will with Dantaku once it happens. But I think there's, there's some things here worth mentioning, Jeremy. And it's interesting to see how they're matching up these guys in the preview tags. And again, it's something that you'll see, not this exact card. They don't really do that where they tour with the exact same card every night. But it's an idea of what they're doing. And the first match worth mentioning here. Bolton Oleg uh, against Ryohei Oiwa in the opener. This was about a 10-minute time limit draw and was about as good a Young Lion match as I've seen in a while, and I've seen some good ones. Uh, the Young Lions are always very talented. Bolton Oleg and Oiwa, I, I just felt like they could have made that thing a 20-minute draw, and I would have enjoyed it just as much. So this is the question I told you ahead of time that I had ready for you. Oh, God, what is it? <laughs> Do you see Bolton Oleg joining Finley's Bullet Club? I think it's a little early for that. I mean, I think he's probably going to be sticking in the Young Lion system. For all the talk about how the Young Lion system is going to change, we haven't really seen that in action yet. I can yet. see him being their little monster. Just kind of like him recruiting him and just just wrecking people. Because they talked about how like like big and kind of savage he was. And there were key words there that you can associate between one and the other. And when I was watching him wrestle, I was like, that dude belongs in Bullet Club. And I couldn't put my finger on why, but they need somebody like him that is just, that is just going to wreck Duke. They don't have anybody like that right now. So, How many people and if you're going to put Bullet him in Club a camp exactly. of people, like, they, they've already shown confidence. They don't put Young Lions in 10-minute draws. I haven't seen that in a long time. So this is me saying I think they have big plans for Bolton Oleg, and I think those plans might include Bullet Club. Well, I mean, we'll see in time. I mean, I'm not sure. I, I think right now if you took all the members of Bullet Club, they would sell out Shinkaba first ring. <laughs> there's there's already about two dozen of them, it seems like, there, and they keep adding more. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll have to see where he ends up. He's sure. 
his size and strength would make him a good bully heel if he can pull that off charismatically. And it's mm -hmm. too early to tell that yet. He's just having his early matches. You do make a good point that they're not beating him every single night. He's lost. You know, he has, he, he's done the job in some tag matches where he's in with main roster guys, but uh, against the other young lions, the 10 minute draw is something. Who did, who did that? Was it Yumi Yora and Yoda Suji or something? Did like a chain of, of uh, 10 minute draws. It was something like they're, 10th or 12th match before somebody got a win over the other right there. So. Rob Ryder feeling me. Uh, Bolton Oleg is Finlay Fale. Well, right now the real Fale is fine with me. Well, if Fale decides to go run his dojo, then I suppose he could have that spot there. That wouldn't be the worst spot for him, but if uh, if he decides that he's just going to run his dojo and then handle uh, Tamashi out there for uh, New Japan, there would be an open spot in Bullet Club for him. There, they so. are they're doing a great job with outsourcing all these different dojos around the world and, and uh, trying to create outposts for New Japan. So some uh, the they're still the home base in Japan, but you know Tamashi seems like it moving along chugging along already and the new japan of us shows are you know they're moving they're moving at a crisp pace they got programming and tell stories yeah and so uh, also on there we saw <clears throat> house of torture facing <clears throat> goto yoshihashi yo and yudo nakashima of course nakashima ended up taking the loss in that one and that's just the uh chaos versus house of torture thing that just keeps going and going and going the Goto anniversary show, by the way, the uh, Chaos Group, of course, got the win there. Goto uh, on his 20th anniversary getting the win. Uh, we saw United Empire. That would be Aaron Hanare, uh, TJP, back in Japan for the first time Yay, in a while. Te teaming with Francesco Akira. <laughs> they defeated Tenzan, Kushida, and Kevin Knight. Again, we're carefully protecting challengers and champions here. So Tenzan was in to do the job uh, to Aaron Hanare there. And uh, I, I, I was like, Tenzan, where did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to have one. <laughs> We're running out of young lions, so we got to have Tenzan in there to do a job. And the thing with uh, that this is the Kushida and Kevin, Kevin Knight did his always impressive uh, aerial impressive moveset. Where he, I mean, the guy in one leap, he does a hurricane rana onto a guy sitting on the top turnbuckle. You just don't get guys that can do that very often. So they're featuring him correctly and making sure that he looks appropriately impressive. I don't think he and Kashida are going to win that title, but I don't I know. Think, I think they might. Maybe, I mean, but you know, it's, it's, it's depends on how long Kevin's going to be there. Doesn't it? So uh, United empire, uh, Mark Davis, Kyle Fletcher, great O'Connor and Jeff Cobb against TMDK. That being Zach, Mikey Nichols, Shane Haste, and Kosei Fujita, of course, here. Fujita is a member of TMDK, but he's still a young lion. He's the one that did the job here, while murdered everybody else... By, murdered by Jeff Cobb. <laughs> everybody here is in some kind of a preview. So Cobb and Zach are going to wrestle for the TV title. Aussie Open and TMDK have a showdown for the IWGP Tag Team Championship. So... Uh, you know, good stuff. I'm going to teach Fujita the ways of how to be a man to a woman. I do not want to see that lesson. <laughs> Bless his heart. I, you know, he, I don't know. Fuji is a good looking guy. I bet he does okay on his own, but you know, maybe they he can just have use different him. kinds of swag, man. I've well, <laughs> it's, it's definitely different, isn't it? Uh, it so, is. <laughs> I love great Ocon so much. I think he's great. Uh, so we also had Tamatanga, Hikaleo, Master Wato, and Jado defeating the Bullet Club, that being Finlay, Kenta, Taiji, Ishimori, and the always ready to submit on a moment's notice ghetto. So uh, that was, uh, they put Watto over in this one, which I thought was fun. But again, Tama Tonga, 
uh, paired off with Finlay. Hikaleo paired off with uh, Kenta. And, uh, you know, uh, Taiji Ishimori was in there with uh, in there as well. They want to protect him, so Ghetto does the job. Kenta really is a perfect strong, New Japan strong champion. Just a perfect gatekeeper kind of title for that. He's not too high on the card. He's not too low on the card. And when he has the matches, you know you're getting. You, you know that you're getting what you pay for. I tell you what, Finley gets his money's worth out of that eyebrow, doesn't he? Woo! Look so he, had, he, he he can raise the one eyebrow. It's different than the people's eyebrow. The Rock's version of it. His just looks sinister. His his absolutely does look sinister. So between the the dye, the job that he's done on his hair and his beard, and then that one uh, eyebrow, he looks suitably evil. He's, Is he's, that photo touched up or nah? Not that that's a pretty dark beard. That's a pretty not, dark not day beard. one beard. Yeah, that is yeah, a this. day one. I, I just dyed it. Let's get this picture taken. Didn't even <laughs> wash it out. <laughs> oh gosh. And uh, you know, it, we'll bring this up here. Then this, this next match, Colin Matthew asks, is anyone still struggling with babyface Minoru Suzuki? I know I am. It's just weird. I, I'm digging it right now. I, I'm kind of enjoying it. It's nice to have the ass kicker on your side instead of the other guy's side. So it's it's fun. Uh, I'm having fun with it. I but, like to uh, mentally refer to him as babyface murder grandpa, and it kind of rolls <laughs> off the tongue. <laughs> babyface murder grandpa. So we had, uh, there's a lot of subs, uh, subplots into this one. We had Minoru Suzuki, El Esperado, and Ren Narita, the never open weight six-man tag champions. Speaking of strong style. Speaking of strong style teaming up with Tiger Mask and Shota Umino. Now that's kind of an odd pairing, Umino and all that. Not ridiculous, but it's it makes a lot of sense when you realize that Kazuchika Okada is on the other side and Okada has been systematically making enemies this entire year. So after that whole Tanahashi-Okada humbling of Narita and Umino, uh, he's got a, a target on his back coming from directions he's not used to. So we had... Uh, this match with uh, Tomowaki Honma was on uh, his team with Yano and Makabe. So, of course, you know, that was a win for uh, the champs here. And, and not Hiroshi Tanahashi, as this uh, very old picture suggests. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. It, yeah, Tanahashi, of course, injured and out of this. So uh, let's talk about this thing because we're going to be seeing Okada challenge for the never open weight six man tag titles. They made a big deal that it was with X and X. We didn't know who his two partners were. We have one Tomohiro Ishii is going to be in that match. Now we kind of assumed that the other one was going to be Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now we're not sure if Tanahashi is going to be able to wrestle in this match. Just depends on how his ribs doing and all that. Doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. With that in mind, who is the other X anyway here? Now, he talked to Toriyano in backstage comments, and Toriyano said, forget it. I'm not doing it. I don't want to fight Minoru Suzuki. And he just said, but we're chaos. you know." And he's just like, oh, no, I ain't doing it. I, I hate that guy. He scares me. So Yano's out. Can't be Yano, which doesn't break my heart. But uh, at this stage, who do you think is the, the other X? Did they put show in there? I mean, uh, I mean, yo. I'm yo, sorry, yo, yeah. I was going to be yo in, in yo, chaos. Sorry. I had I had uh, I had to use the Leo uh, anagram to remember that I got that one wrong real quick. Now, if you want to talk about te- you want to talk about teasing things, yeah, talk about teasing things. The backstage comments after this show, Okada mentions, "I'm very tranquilo right now," and use that word. And he said, "Maybe I just maybe I need a little more tranquilo." He doesn't have a match that night, does he? Yeah, well, and, well, but and then he said, well, maybe something along the lines of goodbye and good night. So he 
kind of dropped hints at both Naito and Kenny Omega for that spot. Now, I don't okay. think we're going to see Kenny Omega, and I don't think we're going to see Naito in that spot right now, but it kind of goes to the idea that this could be anyone, and they're hinting at that it might not be just something as simple as a chaos stablemate, that it could be somebody special, uh, somebody you wouldn't normally see with Okada. So this is next Tuesday that this, this show happens? Well, I think the uh, the challenge for the never open weight six man thing isn't that. Uh, let me see here. That's gonna, that's on Dantaku. Yeah, yeah so that's next that's Wednesday. Next Wednesday, yeah. So that rule got a lot of U.S. talent. Uh, Does not I have no idea. I have, I have I, I, Naito seems like a a pretty safe kind of bet on that. Uh, Colin, it could it be Shibata? I know that's a long shot. That would be a long shot, but it would be. Interesting. I would, I would bet Naito before Shibata, but uh, <laughs> uh, that's just that's just me hedging. <laughs> uh, it's I'm also go it's also possible they don't know who it is, which is why he's right. dropping all these different names. <laughs> it's very. Naito possible. has a match against uh, Doki uh, on the twenty seventh, and that yeah. is that is their special grudge match that will happen right after the announcement of the best of the Super Juniors. But he doesn't have a match for that. And the next thing that he has announced for is something we'll talk about uh, in a few minutes. So, yeah, it could be. That would be interesting. That is something we have not seen before. So that would be that would be intriguing right there. So, uh, yeah, surprise. Flaming Shark agrees could be a, a surprise there. So, anyway, coming out of that, we also had uh, the LIJ uh, faction there. Naito, Takagi, Hiromu Takahashi, and Bushi against just five guys. Sonata, Taichi, Kanemaru, and Doki. And Doki was running Naito out of the gym, beating the heck out of him until uh, in the uh, football slash soccer term against the run of play, so to speak. Naito managed to roll up uh, Doki and get a pinfall on him uh, with a little roll up there just to keep Doki strong. Doki hit a bunch of his big moves and looked like he had Naito in trouble before Naito picked up the win. They'll be in a special singles match. We're going to see Hiromu and Kanemaru, and then we're probably going to see Hiromu and Sonato. Not probably, we're going to. And uh, we're also going to see Shingo Takagi and Taichi. Now, King of Pro Wrestling title match, that's all official. But we finally got the stipulation here. And did you hear about this thing, the Takagi-style triad match, Jeremy? The five ways to win, but you need to accomplish three of them? Yeah, this one gets pretty complicated. So you have to win in uh, three of five ways. That's pinfall, submission, knockout, TKO, and countout. So you got to win, uh, you got to do it three different ways. So they did that kind of with Hanare where he had right. to win by pin submission and knockout. This one, they are going to throw the count out and the TKO in and just say three out of the five gets the job done. So they mentioned that when this King of Pro Wrestling thing started, it was a trinket of a trophy and now it's a glorious title belt. And these were the two that did it. When it was on Toru Yano, it was kind of a laugh the KOPW thing, they were silly little rules that they had for them. And Shingo and Taichi brought a little, brought the pain a little bit, made these matches a little nastier or a little more clever too. Sometimes with the, what was it? 30 counts, you know, one mm -hmm. every smack on the mat from the referee was tallied. Uh, they did, uh, you know, you had to get a certain number of pins. So they did more interesting things with it. And they made King of pro wrestling. These two, to me made this, uh, matches these title matches something interesting to watch so i have faith that they're probably going to tear it down with this takagi style triad match i'm very interested to see 
how they work this match because they have to do a lot of different finishes in order to make this work. And I'm sure it's going to come down to two to two with someone having to get that last third one barely in. Uh, I think it'll be uh, intriguing. And with these two guys, I have faith it's going to be something special. I'm actually just, when, when you're telling me this, I'm just thinking about how amazing it is that every time New Japan introduces a belt or IWGP or Bushi Road lately has introduced a belt, we have the King of Pro Wrestling trophy belt. You have the IWGP TV title. You have the women's IWGP title. They have not missed with how they want to present these titles and how they want to make sure that they are put in a position where the audience believes that winning these titles is an important accomplishment. And uh, this is no different. The fact that when we got through WrestleMania week and there was a consensus among well-known people that Hanare versus Shingo Takage was among the best matches that entire week. A lot of people were like, what? Because they didn't bother to watch it. But if you did watch it, like hard to argue, hard to argue how good that match was. And uh, there, there was a lot of amazing matches that the over that five days. But the King of Pro Wrestling title matters. And it matters because the people who have uh, been shepherded and put in charge of heralding it as a valuable title have taken that seriously. Shingo Takagi is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And over the course of the last year and a half of carrying this title, he has made sure that people pay attention to it. And that's a hard thing to do. And uh, Flaming Shark makes a good point here, too. Again, uh, LIJ and Just Five Guys is on the Dantaku card involving everyone besides Hiromo and Sonata. So Naito is booked that night. Uh, you know, things can happen. Things can change on that one, too, if they decide to go that way. Or, you know, even Naito could just really surprise everyone by working twice. It's like you can do a six-man tag and then another six-man tag later. So I'm not. I'm just saying I'm not discounting Naito. I'm not saying for sure it's him. I probably but, took uh, the match card somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, so, and then uh, Brad mentions if the Intercontinental title were still around, and I wish it was, uh, Shingo would be holding it instead of having these great matches minus the gimmicks. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a fair point. And the never open weight title is not quite the level that the IC title was because Nakamura made it so mm-hmm. special when he held it. So I think that the Shingo feels like a terrific intercontinental champion, like the perfect one really. Uh, and unfortunately that belt was uh, on an ill-advised uh, move uh, combined with the uh, IWGP belt there. But yeah, I think that's a good point. He would make the perfect IC champion, but in the meantime, we're, we are getting some clever stuff with the King of pro wrestling. So. So it appears that Bushi, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsu Naito will be facing Doki, Kanemaru, and Taichi that night. Yep, yep. So we'll see. Uh, you know, well, it, it, if you look, you know, you want to try to pick up some clues as to who's not on the card and things, but they could uh, throw a curveball at us, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? It could be, it could go not a lot of different ways. Not going to be cut up. Bushi. Don't start those rumors. That's not us. So, uh, you know. Uh, who knows? Maybe they'll pull in somebody. I mean, that's not all that far away from altogether again. Maybe they'll bring in somebody from another promotion for it for, for a night or something. And we're, we're going to start to see some of that stuff. So uh, let's look at what's coming ahead this week. Uh, today they were in Kochi uh, for a house show. Almost all babyface finishes or uh, young lions being beaten. That was pretty basic. Uh, tomorrow they are in Ehime, uh, Hiroshima on the 27th. The one note about Hiroshima we're going to get the participants in the best of the super juniors announced. That's going to be part of that show on the 27th. Uh, the rest of it is uh, pretty much uh, preview tags. Hiroshima also will have the singles match between Naito and Doki. 
We'll also see that junior tag team title match, TJP and Akira versus Kushida and Kevin Knight, and uh, Hiromu against uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru for the junior heavyweight title. So for this one, Naito and Doki, I don't feel like they're going to put Doki over Naito quite yet. No. I think just getting a special singles match against Naito is a bit of a step up for Doki, and I think he's going to have a good match, but I, I think Naito's winning this one. Keep in mind, Hiroshima's, even though uh, Naito's from Tokyo, but the Hiroshima Carp, the uh, Japanese baseball team, heavy LIJ fans and often wear LIJ shirts, and Naito will often be seen repping the Hiroshima Carp uh, jerseys as well. So it's kind of a second hometown for Naito, Hiroshima is. So I expect him to uh, be on the microphone at the end uh, there uh, with uh, LIJ. Uh, the junior tag team titles, TJP and Akira against Kushida and Kevin Knight. You think this could be a title change? I think it could be. Uh, the minute Aussie Open won those IWGP uh, tag titles, I was like, let's start the clock on uh, Catch-22. Because they really do like to spread those titles between all the factions. Mm. And going into the best of the Super Juniors, uh, you're going to have probably a Bay connection with the Impact tag titles. Maybe you'll have Kushida and Kevin Knight with uh, their tag titles, the the junior heavyweight tag titles. It just kind of feels like it's time. And not to say that uh, Akira and TJP haven't done a great job. Uh, I heard you I heard you laugh when I gave TJP the, oh, TJP. <laughs> Your favorite guy. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> my favorite. Uh, no, but I just, Kevin Knight and Kushida just feel like on the way up and whatever goals that you needed to accomplish, with Akira and TJP with those titles, I feel like you have, you have accomplished. And I don't know if we're going to get four brackets or two brackets the best of Super Juniors, but all four of these guys are going to be uh, heavily involved with them. And I wouldn't be surprised if we end up getting a rematch coming into Dominion out of it as a result. It would be a way to launch Kevin Knight and just mm -hmm. to have him come in and win the titles on this first night in, which has been done in New Japan. They've done that with foreigners uh, certainly before. So could be uh, could be a way there. And uh, like you said, uh, Hiromu Takahashi, absolutely expecting to be Yoshinobu Kanemaru. I mean, he's main eventing another big show against Sonata for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. I don't see him doing any jobs here. Uh, unless there's some sort of chicanery by just five guys or something like that. But this feels like Hiromu's going to keep that belt going into uh, Super Juniors. I kind of like that, Jeremy, because it means he might not win best of Super Juniors uh, just because a lot of times those tournaments are mm -hmm. to uh, bring out a new contender, a new number one contender, so the champion doesn't usually win them. Uh, Hiromu's the best junior heavyweight in the world. Doesn't need to win best of super juniors this year, so I'm hoping they use it as a launch to uh, either for Desperado or whoever to uh, to get a big win and then uh, face Hiromu. Uh, I don't feel like Hiromu needs to win this thing another year in a row. I I want to see Hiromu without the belt going into the summertime because there's a lot more mileage with him wrestling people outside of Japan going into the summer, and if he has that title. It's uh, the outcome is a lot more clear than it would be if he didn't have that title. So, for the sake of dream matches, I'd like to get that title off of him. Kanemar, the guy, I don't know. Would I be upset if he won the title? No, but it would be 
quite the choice to make your world IWGP World Heavyweight Title challenger look like a dork by losing before uh, challenging yet again. It'd be strange, wouldn't it? So, Would and be. then uh, on the uh, 29th in Kagoshima, wrestling Satsuma Nokuni. We will see Aussie Open against TMDK, Shane Haste, and Mike Nichols for the IWGP World Tag Team titles. And uh, also see the KOPW match there, the uh, Takagi-style triad match. That'll be the 29th. Going into Duntaku on May 3rd. Uh, I've just got you clicking things as quick as I can. <laughs> uh, we also we will have uh, Kenta versus Hikaleo for the strong title, Saber versus Cobb for the TV title, Never Open Weight Six Man title, Okada, Ishii, and X, uh, and uh, against Narita, El Desperado, and Minoru Suzuki. The Never Open Weight title, this is the one that I'm betting is going to be mm-hmm. a title change here, Tamatonga and David Finlay, and then Sonata and Hiromu Takahashi in the main event. Of course, that's next Wednesday, so we'll be back on Tuesday to really preview the heck out of Dontaku next week. And uh, yeah, let's talk because Real a big quick. match at Dontaku is that uh, is that uh, never open weight title. Let's talk secondary titles here for singers. We have some good comments, and this is another one here from Brad Reader, by the way. Do you think we could get the reveal of the new roster member of the video as teased at Dontaku? I wonder if they could possibly be the tag partner for Okada and Ishii. That's an interesting point. I suspected that maybe dominion would be the spot for the debut on that one or maybe i we might maybe we'll get a video on don taku where it says you know debuting arriving or, or crashing to earth or whatever the hell that asteroid's doing uh at uh, <laughs> dominion perhaps and maybe that'll be the big reveal uh but uh you know if they if they had tanahashi in mind for that spot and now they have an open spot maybe they bring it forward a little I bit tend, i tend i tend to gravitate towards the fact towards the idea that they don't veer from the plant change when plant change. Yeah. So if they had Tanahashi for that, as part of that, like six man, and they were going to put a debuting guy, that is a big change of plans. And I'm not a hundred percent sure that uh, it would a matter, but if it did matter, the impact would be met for what they have planned. You still rooting for Yoda Suji there? For the guy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping so, too. I don't know that. I don't have any inside info, but I'm, I, I like the idea. Uh, the U.S. title from the Flaming Shark is the new IC title, basically, but it's somewhat MIA with Kenny and AEW. Yeah, you know, it, it does seem like New Japan is taking turns shipping a title off to uh, no man's land for a few months, so which makes you... I would have called the never title the IC title. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's, it is funny. I mean, right now, I think the U.S. title looks good just because of who's been holding it lately. It's been some of the top guys. But, uh, yeah, it, it does seem like just as they get the never open weight title back, they ship the U.S. title off, never to be seen again. So it's strange. Uh, what other are we all say? Uh, Shark, Francesco Akira is going to make a run in Best of Super Juniors, probably not making the finals, but I think he'll have a strong showing. Absolutely agree. I think yeah. he's going to score a lot of points. And I could see it coming off a of catch-22, losing and focusing on BOSJ. Yeah, it's not a bad point. And you know, Kevin Knight's a star, and uh, he is really talented. Uh, Kushida is an excellent tag team partner for anyone. He's well, he's just a terrific tag wrestler. It might be a, a great spot to bring a new guy in like Knight, and maybe the titles are the launch point for him. So this let, let's happen. have real talk. Let's have real talk here. A year hmm. ago, a year ago, somebody had come on this show or wrote in these comments. I'll speak it strong now. Kevin Knight will be one of the most highly touted New Japan junior heavyweight stars in the next year. Would we have felt confident supporting that? I'm not necessarily sure that we we would. We are really, really not giving this dude a flower for how far he's come 
in the last year. Just an unbelievable effort on his part. So I just I really had to underline that one because we we talk about it so casually, but there are guys like Wheeler Yuta that have had way more opportunities than he has and he has, and has not come out shining nearly as much on a one-to-one basis as this guy has. He's taken his opportunities, he's hit them, and it's time to take him to the next level. Kevin Knight is the real deal. All right. Well, maybe they're maybe they agree, and we'll be seeing that here soon. Uh, so we'll see. Also, uh, might it be G one time for Hiromu Takahashi? I know you're in favor of Hiromu moving up to heavyweight. I, I, I want to see it. I just don't think it happens. But I think we're, just, the, that that heavyweight division is so stacked, and with all the people that they will probably are talking about bringing in from the outside, it's just I want to see it. But I I do not. I don't give me hope. <laughs> uh, a couple more from Flaming Shark here. Kevin Knight feels like a star in the making. Yeah, we, we agree. And then he also mentions this. Maybe Kenny isn't 100% out of the realm of possibility as the partner for uh, Okada, if only because it's the 10-year anniversary of Bullet Club. Fair enough. And outside of Finlay winning a belt, this is missing Bullet Club influence. That's not a bad point. Uh, you know, it, it, the logistics of Kenny getting over there might be a little tricky, but hey. There's too uh, much going on with. AEW, the Elite, Blackpool Combat Club, like there's oh, there's nothing important going on at AEW. Not at all, not no, at all. Nothing important. Going I, on. I I rule him out just because it feels more of a pipe dream than it does. Like you advertise him, you do not make a you do not make it a secret that Kenny Omega is going to show up. Like it's just. You have to advertise Kenny Omega. If you have Kenny Omega. Yeah, you, you advertise him if the, the thing's not already sold out, but it is. They don't uh, need to sell any more tickets. Uh, then, you, then you can do it, but they still have to defend World Cups. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. No, no, you true. know, like that's you true. still have people that should subscribe to the service to watch a Kenny Omega match, and if they're not going to do it, uh, you know. So earlier on this show, we were talking about how Bushi Road is more open than other companies to working with other companies. Really, there's only one company that refuses to work with anyone else, really, and it's WWE. Even and even they have brought in. Uh, the Impact Women's Champion for the Royal Rumble not too long ago, so you know there's there's a little bit of flexibility out there, and we'll see if it's still if there still is with Vinnie Mac back in there. But the point being, promotions working with other promotions. We have All Together Again coming up at Sumo Hall on June 9th. But before that, we have to set up some things, don't we, Jeremy? And mm-hmm. the way to do that, well, we're going to send Bushi and Tetsuya Naito to an All Japan show on May 7th. So uh, we don't have any more information than that, than that they're going to be there. So there's going to be a Naito and Bushi appearance for All Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, yeah, maybe it's going to be something that starts to set up things for that All Together Again show. Also opens the idea uh, that there could be some All Japan, New Japan people floating in and out uh, and Noah. Uh, floating in and out of each other's shows, mm-hmm. perhaps, and little appearances as we get to all together again. So keep them in mind as Okada's possible partners as well. Uh, there, you know, that, that could be a way to uh, start something a little bit for uh, that all together again show, which again is for charity at uh, Sumo Hall on June 9th. So they're going to want to get some nice things together there and get a big crowd and, uh, you know, have a, the nice check presentation with a big fat uh, chunk of change for charity. <laughs> it's good for everybody's uh, bottom line and PR. It's so, so amazing uh, to see an all Japan promo with new Japan renders on, on the page. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, you know, they're, they've worked together before. All this has happened before. It's not uh, out of the realm of possibility. In fact, 
what, you know, Jado was sent over to book Noah and, you know, Suzuki goon was shipped off for a couple of years to other promotions. The cooperation is really cool. It's just, it's, it is. it's cool to see promotions working together because of a rising tide with all ships. And when you see that Muto retirement show and some of the Noah shows, you realize there is a lot of really good talent outside of new Japan as well. And all Japan has some terrific guys as, uh, and, and some of the very best in the world. So uh, the guys on top in all Japan and on no and Noah are wonderful wrestlers. So the idea that we're getting to see all these guys uh, float in and out is, is gratifying. So looking forward to it. And uh, as soon as we have any information on who they might be facing and what they might be doing, we'll let you know here on this show, but uh, that's what we have there. So Naito and Bushi May 7th for all Japan. And then this is the altogether image yeah. that we have. All together again. So that's a uh, uh, yeah, Noah All Japan and New Japan on uh, Sumo Hall June 9th. So, and then yeah. we have the uh, what is it? This one, August nineteenth is the is the date that I was able to accurately tell you last week. The Hiromu Takahashi's Junior All Star Festival in Philadelphia, uh, in Philly, August nineteenth. There we go. Twenty three hundred arena, right? Twenty three hundred arena. There you go. So, yeah. And then, of course, we'll still have, oh, boy, Forbidden Door in Toronto coming up. That's all coming. So a lot of big events. And uh, we'll be keeping you up to date on uh, any announcements as to lineups and things as they as, as we get them. You'll hear about them here. So You know, everything, we talk about all these other shows, but really all roads are leading to Dominion. And then once we get yeah. to Dominion, like, that's going to blow the roof off the doors. Like, everything I haven't got at Dominion is going to set the stage. For Forbidden Door 2, it's going to set the stage for the G1 going into All In at Wembley. All these things are all... Dominion is a major crossroad thorough point for all of this. And uh, we're six weeks away. Wait, it, it is one. It, it, if Wrestle Kingdom is their WrestleMania, then this is their SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. It's the second biggest show of the year, and it's something they've always taken very, very seriously. Dominion's always been a high point in the calendar, and it's going to be again this year. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing how that all pans out, because you're right, it does set up the rest of the way. It's, it feels like after G1, everybody's beat to hell, and there's this little lull after the G1 where everybody's just kind of recovering, and then you begin the build toward uh, wrestle kingdom about two months later. Whereas uh, with dominion, you've got all these things going on in the spring with Sakura Genesis and Dantaku and the cup. Now, now there's forbidden door. And so it's boom, 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 boom. Things happening very, very quickly. And then it's just this big peak. And then you go right into G one, not too long after that. And it's, it's just such an exciting time. It feels very vibrant and dominion smack in the middle of all that. So do you think, uh, do you think new Japan runs in the UK with all in, uh, kind of around there around the same time or hey, you, that, that, that's the elephant in the room do you even try to bother running if you're i mean i mean if it's overly successful you you could probably feel confident running a five thousand person building somewhere in the vicinity but mm. you know hey, those, those royal really... quest shows were really good but they were mm. really frustrating to be on tape delay last year oh boy yeah and you know the I, i'm curious to see what they do with that i don't know with the exception of will osprey and zach saber if there's anybody on the new Japan roster that would really make a ticket buying difference in England. Uh, got it, Nido. Yeah, I suppose, but that would be, yeah. that would be a pretty hardcore audience. Yeah. I, you know, I, I guess I saw in the observer that 
55,000 people signed up for the pre-sale. That doesn't mean they're all going to buy tickets, but uh, it sounds like they're going to have a pretty healthy crowd at Wembley right there. So I never and, had and a no doubt matches. they were going to – never had doubt. Yeah, and that's without any matches announced. So, you know, it could be. We'll we'll see. Uh, Okada, Tanahashi, Naito, I mean, you know, yeah. all the big names. I mean, it, it would be one of those guys. It would be a faction leader they're not going to send. Uh, we're, just try, we're just trying to suss out if there – are there other – European centric stars that would really drive the experience. I mean, you can, yeah. I mean, Aussie Open is an arguable factor in that play. Like, I do think that they are stars that tip the needle for ticket buying now. Uh, not as much as, you know, the Omegas or the Zach Sabre Juniors. But I think when people see Aussie Open on a card now, they, they're paying attention. I mean, they're they're going to pull out all the stops for that one. I, you got to remember that's an AEW show. They're going to want to feature AEW guys on it, so that's going to be the main thing. So I, I think if there's a Japanese New Japan presence, we could get something like Omega Osprey. That's always possible. But if there's a New Japan presence, I feel like it'll be you know, like a little self-contained unit of match there. So and and yeah, Osprey and Saber would be the ones that would be the most obvious. I I honestly I would have no problem. And I know uh, there are people that disagree with me with this, but if you have Osprey in the main event of AEW All In and he loses to MJF for the world title at Wembley, it will be okay. Hmm. If he's going to win the G1 and he's going to win at Wrestle Kingdom, it will be okay. Yeah, if I'm New Japan, I don't know if I have him lose there. I just don't know. I wouldn't have him win. But if you wanted to like make the biggest match there, I would argue that Osprey versus MJF is potentially one of the biggest matches you could do at, at All In. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, the biggest match you can do at All In is with a guy who's negotiating to come back and things. That's nah. where it is. So, yeah, boy. Um, yeah, don't see a world. Uh, <laughs> don't see a world where MJF and Will's in the main event of All In. Yeah, I yeah, I don't really see that. Quite there, are, anything could happen from here and then, but uh, but that have been one of those. I'm like, I wonder if they would do that because, I mean, you could do MJF and Okada, but I, but like, <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Either. Check the look I, on I, your face. <laughs> yeah, I just like if I'm New Japan, I'm just not sending the guy over there to lose to. Bitter beer I just, face I, right there. Yeah, I just not a major, not a major star over there sure. just to lose to MJF. And again, I don't think that that would be a draw for the English audience who are there to see an AEW show. And I, I don't think they would just say, "Oh, let's see the AEW title defended against a New Japan guy." I don't think it has. That's not the stadium show juice. I just, I, I think they just put the biggest AEW match they can put together okay. on top. I, there. I That's think, my... I think now that you just say it out loud like that, I think you're right. Yeah, because I, you know, it, it could be an attraction. Uh, there could be a New Japan guy as an attraction down the card a little bit, like an Okada or, and you know, like that type of thing. You could you, do that. You could get away the, with that Saber Junior versus MJ. If you're doing an AEW show in Wembley, you want to say that your biggest match was the main event of that biggest yeah. show. So. Uh, let's see what else we got here. I saw someone saying Osprey versus Swerve. That'd be an awesome match, but Swerve would have to be built up big time for all in. Yeah, here's Swerve, my here's my here's my pushback on that. Triple Mania won this year. Uh, the one that they had required yeah. a four man match: Swerve, yeah. the Kingo, uh, Commander, and Rich Swan. Swan. You know what yeah. the second Triple Mania match is? Mm. The, the Kingo, Kingo and Kenny, match. right? Yes. Yeah. Like and that should, one of those guys, be... one of those matches is not like the other. 
And and as much as like I like Swerve, he is not there. Yeah. Uh, MJF should wrestle an AEW guy. Yeah, I agree, Shark. Uh, maybe do Omega Hawk. and Osprey in the semi main. Hey, well, you know, it, maybe. Uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm not sure. New Japan, I'm not sure New Japan guys are needle movers for England at this point. I just don't know. In a, in it, a it might just end up being MJF versus Pac. That might just be the match. Hmm, that wouldn't be bad either. You know, no, that's not, not a bad idea. Be a good match. So, uh, yeah. Uh, now, I uh, wanted to mention one thing here. Uh, this past week, uh, Hiroki Goto had his 20th anniversary. And I was looking back at this. And uh, the history of Hiroki Goto is kind of an interesting one. And I was kicking around this. So I thought we might uh, take a look at that, if you don't mind. Yeah, Cole and I are going to both watch. Listen. Oh, good. All right, good. Uh, so we have uh, Hiroki Goto. So this is actually one of the more decorated guys in New Japan wrestling. And and I didn't, I guess I knew that, but I didn't put it all together until I was looking over things. Uh, so Goto is from uh, Kawana Kogyu High School in uh, Mie. Uh, that's a prefecture there uh, in uh, Japan. It's kind of between, uh, you know, like Nagoya and uh, uh Osaka and a little south and all that stuff. So uh, a little south of Tokyo there. Uh, he was uh, classmates with Katsuyori Shibata. They went to high school together. So uh, that played into their storyline later in uh, New Japan. He was a freestyle and Greco-Roman wrestler, ran into uh, Shinsuke Nakamura a lot in the amateurs uh, before getting into pro wrestling. And uh, so all those guys were uh, wrestling each other in these tournaments and things. Uh, he joined New, J New Japan uh, and the first record we have of him wrestling is actually July 6th. So we have pretty good records of New Japan from uh, 2003, but not 100% complete. They said that that was the 20th anniversary of his debut. Uh, the only record we have of his first match is July 6th. So not, not really sure uh, there. But the 20th anniversary show was in Mie, in, in uh, Sioux, TSU is the name of the town there, uh, which is uh, close to his, his hometown there. So it was a hometown show they did this for. Uh, so the, uh, let's see, he would, yeah, he'd been training since uh, November of 2002 consistently. He had gone to the dojo, been injured, left for a while, came back in November of, of 2002, and then made his debut uh, from our first record, July 6th. 2003 and it was a, a loss to uh, Taguchi and it may seem funny uh, now Jeremy but uh, Hiroki Goto was a junior heavyweight when he started and his uh, early matches were against guys like Taguchi, El Samurai, uh, Ghetto, uh, Naofumi Yamamoto who became Yoshitatsu and uh, he also, uh, Toriano were some of his early opponents there, but he moved up relatively fast. Uh, he and Taguchi, by the end of 2003, he debuted in July that we can find. And then they went after the vacant junior heavyweight tag team titles in November of that year. They made the tournament finals to uh, reestablish the championship, but lost to uh, Ghetto and Jado. Hiroki Goto losing the big one would become a theme throughout his entire career right there. So uh, just to give you an idea there, in 2004, uh, in, as a junior heavyweight, he was kind of in the middle of the card. He was uh, 34 wins, 68 losses, and one draw in 2004 as he started to cut his teeth. But like I said he wasn't doing job after job after job after job the way he got a lot of young Lions were. They thought a lot of them. 2005, he won the Young Lion Cup. So they didn't do that every year. Uh, the previous one had been in the year 2000, won by Togi Makabe. 
And uh, it's hard to imagine Togi Makabe as a young lion. I thought he was born 40 years old. But uh, and nevertheless, he did win it in 2000. And then uh, Goto won in 05. He beats Hiroki Ito in the finals. Yoshitatsu and Yujiro Takahashi were also in that tournament. He joined Jushin Thunder Liger's CTU faction. And uh, that year, he finished third in Block A of the Best of Super Juniors. So he actually competed in Super Juniors for a couple of years. He was behind Minoru Tanaka and Koji Kanemoto in his block. And uh, Tiger Mask won it that year, by the way, over Ghetto in the finals. And uh, so, yeah. But in that tournament, he was a champion. So he won his first title there in 2005. He and Minoru Tanaka uh, defeated Koji Kanemoto and Watao Inoue for the junior heavyweight tag team title. So that was his first championship. And uh, held them for nine months. Dropped them to El Samurai and Ryusuke Taguchi uh, after a, a fairly long title for those belts. So those belts don't usually stay on somebody that long. So uh, that was in 2005. Two, in 2006, he uh, they dropped those titles, and then he headed over to, to uh, some appearances in TNA. So Goto went with uh, Liger in his CTU outfit, and they went over his heels uh, as to TNA. Goto teaming with uh, the current not the current, excuse me, the Black Tiger of that era, the, the current Black Tiger back then, which was Rocky Romero. Manoa Tanaka and Liger, uh, they wrestled mostly Sanjay Dutt, Alex Shelley, uh, Jay Lethal, made a few appearances for TNA, and he spent the rest of 2006 working in Mexico for a combination of Toriumon, which was a promotion there that actually uh, trained Kazuchika Okada in wrestling right there. Remember, Okada is not a New Japan Dojo guy. And uh, also wrestled for CMLL. Uh, guys like Okamura, Alex Kozlov, uh, Okada, Kensuke Sasaki, Liger, all those guys worked for Toriyuma and CML then. He went back to New Japan in August of 2007. So he was gone about a year, about a year there. Uh, when he came back, he joined Arise, which was Nakamura's stable uh, at the time. Uh, Nakamura had broken away from Yuji Nagata and formed a group called Rise, and that was Goto, Giant Bernard, Matt Bloom, who's the current NXT head trainer, uh, Prince Devitt, Finn Balor, uh, and uh, Travis Tomko was also part of that group. Uh, Tyson and of Tomko? Course, yeah, yeah, oh, Tyson wow. Tomko. And uh, Minoru Tanaka. So when he came back from Mexico, he bulked up. He was very, he was a lot bigger. He was a heavyweight at that point, and he was pushed. Uh, he made the G1 Tag League semifinals with Milano Collection AT as his partner. And then he challenged Tanahashi for the IWGP title within a couple of months of coming back from excursion. So they kind of launched him when he came back. And, of course, he lost. But the next year, he started winning tournaments. He won the 2008 G1, and he won it in his first entry into a G1. Uh, he, was in the, he was in the same block with Shinsuke Nakamura. They both finished with eight points. However, Goto had won the block match with... Uh, with Nakamura. Therefore, of course, uh, he had the tiebreaker and he beat Togi Makabe in the finals. So he was the G1 winner in 2008. In 2009, he won the New Japan Cup. He defeated Giant Bernard in the finals. Then he won the New Japan Cup again in 2010. So he, at that point, he had won uh, G1 in 08, New Japan Cup in 09, New Japan Cup in 2010. And uh, yes, in case you were wondering, he lost his title matches coming off of all of those tournaments. <laughs> so always the always the uh, bridesmaid, never the bride. Real there, quick but... question for you: On yeah, your recollection ahead. of the, the Godo twenty years, was he more mm -hmm. of a baby face or more of a heel throughout that time? At this stage, he was more uh, on the heel end of it, and he had 
been a baby face at first. He was kind of a heel with Liger's group. Liger actually had a little heel run, which seems kind of funny now. But uh, and then he was a heel during his excursion, of course. And okay. he, j- just like in just like old school Japan, where all the foreigners were heels, except for the Funks, really, in all Japan, uh, with a couple of exceptions. That's not fair. Uh, Bruno Sammartino and Bob Backlund were always baby faces and things like that. But for the most part, the foreigners were the heels. He was a heel in uh, in Mexico as well, and a heel in TNA. So at this point, mostly a heel. Then he went through this whole saga of trying to get back to uh, getting another title shot. Mm-hmm. So he failed after winning the G1, failed after winning the New Japan Cup twice. And so he was upended that. Now, Satoshi Kojima was the champion. There was a match between Nakamura and Goto. Goto won that match. But I don't have the whole angle here. But for some reason, Koj- uh, Kojima decided... Never mind that. I'm giving the title shot to Nakamura. And that pissed off Goto. So he then uh, faced Hiroshi Tanahashi. Figured, well, I'll beat the number one contender. Then Kojima will have to face me. And he lost to Tanahashi. Then he faced Kojima in a non-title match. Kojima just said, well, if you beat me here, then I'll give you a title shot. Lost the non-title match. So... March of 2011, he says, says, I'm going to win the New Japan Cup for a third time in a row. Then he'll have to give me the title match. He lost in the first round to Nakamura. Bummer. Well, that's a tough draw. Nakamura in 2011 is uh, not going to be doing too many jobs. On the night of the New Japan Cup finals that year, he was wrestling Kojima and MVP. That was the opponents. And he was teaming with Tanahashi. He abandoned Tanahashi during the match and walked out on him and walked out on New Japan for a few months, went back to Mexico. So left on a heel turn type of thing, just walked out on Tanahashi and pissed off to Mexico for a few months. When he returned, he attacked Tanahashi after Tanahashi had won the title back. uh, And uh, Tanahashi by then had beaten Kojima. He returns, attacks Tanahashi, gets the title match with Tanahashi he'd been looking for and lost So (laughs) at that point, he and Tanahashi made peace with one another and teamed up, but challenged for the tag team titles and lost on February 12th, 2012. (laughs) He actually defeated Masato Tanaka. Everybody wait. He won one. He won one and he won the intercontinental title for the first time. Uh, That same year, he won the world tag league with Carl Anderson as his partner. And then he would go on to win the tag league three more times. Uh, with Katsuyori Shibata in 2014, that was part of the storyline where Shibata returned to New Japan after being away for a few years and everybody hated him. With the storyline being that Shibata abandoned the company during its worst times. And guys like Nakamura and Tanahashi Had to drug them through the dark period. And then Shibata comes back when things are going well and everyone's like, screw you, where were you? Goto was the one that extended the olive branch and teamed with him. And uh, of course, they had the whole high school classmate thing and that background to draw from in that storyline. And then, of course, uh, we mentioned that he won with Carl Anderson with Shibata. He also won the uh, World Tag League with Bishamon, Yoshihashi, in mm-hmm. 2021 and 2022. So just to give you a little rundown here, uh, I mentioned Decorated. Never won the IWGP World title despite multiple chances. It's Do you always think been he ever will? No. I yeah, just don't see a spot where he gets in there now. The feel He's 43. Good, not, not even the feel-good Mick Foley win at this point? If you're going to do that and give someone the feel-good win, you do it with Ishii. Maybe. Right? 
You know, I mean, I just, I don't think you do it with both. I think you do it once. And I think it's Ishii that would get the Lifetime Achievement Award here. And here's why I bring this up. He's a two-time Intercontinental champ. He's a five-time never-open-weight champion. He's a two-time never-open-weight six-man champion. He's won a G1, two New Japan Cups, a Young Lion tournament. They had a six-man tag team tournament, and he won that. They had a Samurai TV tag team tournament in 2005 that he won with Yuji Nagata. The man has won everything else in the company except well i guess best of a super juniors he didn't win one of those when he was there and he didn't win uh, the iwgp world title other than that guy's done everything except kopw there's still time for that Stephen conway you were telling me that hiroki goto is the best assistant manager that ever lived <laughs> yeah well okay and miguel rubio brings up an interesting point he said nakanishi got the feel-good win he did he sure did so maybe someday they will i oh, still Mr. think that, rubio yeah good to see miguel it, it, that's a fair point and so maybe they will someday uh with goto there i wouldn't it wouldn't bother me a bit uh but you know it could be uh he could get it i would love to see ishii get it because i think he deserves uh something like that but you're but, right uh, he, one or the other is gonna get that they're not gonna do it for yeah. both the other thing they could do, and it's something they've done very recently with uh, Kojima and uh, Yuji Nagata. I mean, they work with other companies. Kojima won the GHC title in NOAA not all that long ago. And then there's the Triple Crown in all Japan that New Japan wrestlers have won in the last few years. I could definitely see Goto perhaps being a GHC champion someday sure. or a Triple Crown champion someday. Sure. That could be something they could do with him that would make an, an awful lot of sense if you were going to do a back and forth at big shows, uh, especially with the spirit of cooperation. And, and there's a recent precedent for that one. Kojima and I think Kojima also won the GHC tag team titles uh, with uh, like uh, like three or four months ago they were defending them. Yeah, with Segura. Yeah. Anyway. The, they yeah. had him around the time of the Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama. 100%. I, I, so I feel like that's a little more likely for Goto than maybe oh, yeah, an yeah, IWGP World Heavyweight title run. Yeah. That's entirely pragmatic and realistic. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, pragmatic and realistic, then you don't get into the essence of pro wrestling. It's supposed oh, to be over the top and crazy. There are pragmatic and realistic aspects of pro wrestling. They're just all behind the scenes. Yeah, we're just supposed <laughs> to get a little crazy now and then, are we? We're gonna, uh, let's you see. Get nuts, get nuts. <laughs> Yeah, Brad Readers asked, is the Go to, Go to Show going to be streamed or was it one of those that wasn't filmed? Uh, I don't see it on the schedule as, as far yeah, as coming up I on NJPW the, World. Um, I looked at the schedule. I don't think they so. They didn't have it mm. as part of anything that they were planning on offering. So it might have just been a house show. Yeah. Uh, but they will have the Katsumi no Kuni show uh, yeah. airing in Japanese. It will not be English translation immediately. So... I think Kevin, I don't Kevin, think we're Kevin will come it. back and do that a few days later, right? Though that's a, yeah, they they'll come back to it. But according to the schedule, when it when it drops, there will not be an English option to watch it. And by the way, in case you're wondering, and you're probably not, you probably already know that Chris Charlton's one of the best uh, broadcasters out there as far as wrestling goes. His job agree. on that Stardom show was phenomenal as well, and uh, with uh, Gutierrez there and. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, and he had to carry a lot of that. And also uh, worth mentioning too, Mariah May, who is a uh, wrestler with Club Venus, had to pinch hit. Uh, Momo Kogo, who I guess speaks English, I didn't know she did, uh, was supposed to do commentary with Chris and uh, and Gutierrez there, but she uh, sustained a concussion during the early match there. She was part of that uh, rumble they did, uh, Battle Royal type of thing. It was a Royal Rumble style thing they did at the beginning of the show. She got her bell rung, and then um, hopefully I, she's okay. I have not okay seen a Mariah then... May match, but from all intents, uh, everything that I've heard, 
she is just getting positive feedback. From yeah, oh yeah. yeah, she's pretty good. She's pretty good. And then uh, she's from England and she sat down with Chris right there and had some excellent insights. I mean, really considering uh, when the day began, she had no idea she was going to be on commentary. She did a, a phenomenal job and, and Chris was very good there too. So we're very lucky. We've got all these, we got all this talent in the ring and then we have people like Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton and, and uh, these people that are uh, filling us in on all the storylines. As, as far as being a, a fan of the Bushy Road groups, uh, we've got some, uh, we've, we're getting it from all sides. Good broadcasters, good wrestlers, good shows, good stories. It's an, I'm really enjoying this time. You know, I got to tell you, I am also enjoying the fact that we managed to get almost 90 minutes out of this episode because there was a conveyor belt of just partial information here, there, and everywhere. It's not until next week, man, that we are hit the ground running. We got Duntaku, the best of the Super Juniors. Then we're going into Dominion. Then we're going into Forbidden Door. We're going to have to bring in guest hosts. We're going to have to bring in people here or there. So if you guys have guest hosts that you would like to think about bringing on for some of these special big shows, let us know. We already have some people in mind of Fight Game Media with the AEW stuff. But, you know, reach out to us. Let us know if you have a good suggestion for people that can talk New Japan Pro Wrestling with us because we love to talk New Japan Pro Wrestling, me and Stephen Conway. We also enjoy your feedback and we appreciate it a lot. It's a big deal to us. And uh, I just want to thank everybody that's watching, everybody that's listening, whether it's live, whether it's later. We appreciate all of you. And uh, Jeremy and I have so much fun doing this show (laughs) and we enjoy it. And uh, you guys make that even better uh, with comments and uh, joining in with us here and uh, the feedback. It's it's all appreciated. And we thank you for uh, giving us a chance. uh, Like and rate us wherever, you know, I'm not shameless to, to beg for your likes wherever you see us on Apple podcast <laughs> or YouTube or emailing GG at fight game media to get a discord invite or to tell everyone how awesome we are. Uh, all those things. Thank you. Really appreciate <laughs> it. Anything you want to plug before we go? Uh, just Jeremy, Jer Finestone at Twitter. Every so often I will dust that thing off and write something witty in there. Most of the time I will dust it off and write something not witty, but every so often it will be funny. What you are, you? are you doing the rap at any point? I'm doing the rap this weekend, and I'm going to be talking a new belt and a draft. So. Just what we need, a draft and another belt. Thank God. Thank God Vince is back to give us these things that we were missing. If there's one thing we were missing, it's a brand split they paid no attention to and another belt we don't need. Thank salty God you're back, Stephen Vince. Conway. I'm sorry, Salty Scott Young of <sighs> the rap is uh, suddenly shown up here on oh. Speak of Strong Style. That'll drop next week, but we are Speak of Strong Style, and we will be back next week. Stephen Conway, why don't you take us out? All right, I'm Stephen Conway. He's Jeremy Feinstone. Again, we will be back next week to preview Dontaku piece by piece. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again real soon.